What is up, everybody? Welcome to Take It to the Rank, our Tuesday night Q&A, where we bring in somebody from the world of the Chicago Bears to chop it up about our team. And we got a lot to talk about because, obviously, on Monday afternoon, the Bears introduced head coach Matt Eberflus. They introduced general manager Ryan Poles. And let's be honest, the uh, Chicago media, the meatball media did their thing. Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk came out and talked about Everflus not having his, his coat buttoned. That's that's our critiques of our coach so far. Like we got nothing else to talk. Just play the Super Bowl this week. Because I, I don't want to, I don't need your opinion on the Chicago Bears if you're if you're breaking down whether Mike Everflus was buttoning his coat or not. This is you know what? I'm ready. Sammy, let's just start the show. I'm fired up already. Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, with Adam Ray, the sickest Chicago Bears and fantasy football podcast. It's going to be sick. Welcome, everybody. Big Tuesday for you. Now, I'm going to jump right into it. Normally, I would come in, banter a little bit more, but we've got a great guest Following up from last week when we had Draft Dr. Phil, we have another guy who is one of my personal favorites of all the Chicago Bears media. He is somebody who I watch every week. He's done an, a, just a tremendous job of not only promoting the Bears, but really building up his brand, getting and, and, and just having a great show. And he brings in great guests, guys like Alex Brown, who is scheduled to join us next week, Olin Krutz, Brian Erlacher. And he is a legit dude. And I listen, I don't I shouldn't spend much time talking about him because if you know me, you should know him because he's our cuz. It's Mikey V, the bear down cuz Mikey. Dude, listen, I know that I was telling you a little bit before we started the show. Watching you this season, I felt like a proud cousin watching you blow up. Like you've been doing amazing. How how was the season for you? Season's been great. Um, obviously the season for the the bears not so great. Yeah. Um, but first and foremost, thank you for having me excited to be here. Your, uh, your amp up and your intro got me so pumped up because I am of the thought process. I am so disgusted, (laughs) disgusted with the reactions of a majority of the fan base and the majority of the Chicago bears media that gets paid to cover this team as a full-time job. And obviously this is just something I do on the side. But to get paid and the reactions and some of the asinine, baseless comments that the the media members are making, it just boggles my mind. And Adam, you know me. There's really not too many people as critical of the Bears as I am. I'm very critical. I'm very critical. But fair. But fair. I want to point out. But fair sometimes. Do I over-exaggerate at times? Yes. Do I get a little, uh, you know, do I put on a little showmanship at times? Of course I do. But at the end of the day, we have no basis to judge either of these men. And I'm talking, of course, about Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. You have nothing. Nobody even knew who Matt Eberflus was up until a couple of weeks ago, a casual yeah. fan. That's that's what aggravates me the most. They come in, the critiques start flying, and it's just so ridiculous to me. Let these guys at least have like one day on the job during the regular season. Let something be produced, free agency to draft, anything. Before you start with the nonsensical critiques, it's crazy. It's crazy. I've never seen anything like it. Never seen but anything I mean, like it. 
But Eberflus, I mean, he didn't have his coat button. So I guess that's legitimate. Like, we can't win a Super Bowl now. It's over. I saw the guy roll up in, in a G-Wagon to Hallis Hall because he's doing okay. I think Matt Eberflus is – I think I don't think he's worried about his coat buttons. Guy looks like he's in phenomenal shape, number one. you got to respect a guy who looks like he walks what he talks, okay? And no offense to Brian Dayball, who was my first right. choice for Bears head coach. He was. I mean, Matt Eberflus keeps himself – he looks like he keeps himself in very good shape. So no knocks on Eberflus about a coat being unbuttoned. Ridiculous. It is pretty asinine. And so let's talk about that for a moment before we get to some of the questions. Brian Dable, that was somebody that I identified as a a worthwhile candidate. Yep. When we went with Matt Eberflus, were you disappointed or were you just like, hey, I, I'm kind of buying into this? I'm going to tell you why I wasn't disappointed because of the other two candidates that were listed as the finalists along with him. That's why I wasn't disappointed. And it's not a knock against Dan Quinn and it's not a knock against Jim Caldwell, but I am of the the mindset in the NFL when it comes to head coaches. I've already, you know, I understand Nagy was an unknown and we all know how that turned out unknown in terms of being an NFL head coach, but right. I'm more of the mentality, the opposite of uh, the devil, you know, that mentality i'm of the opposite when it comes to nfl head coaches i kind of have a feeling like i know who dan quinn is i know who jim caudwell is i know what i'm going to get out of them as head coaches i'd rather go with this guy let's see what happens granted i don't want to spend another four years in nfl purgatory as much as the next bears fan i don't right but i was i was excited for the fact that it's something new you don't know what's going to come you know, these great head coaches, they have to start somewhere. And you don't know that he's not going to be a great one. Now, he might not be. He could be terrible. We don't know. But he's an unknown. And who knows? Maybe this is a hit for them. Maybe this could be the guy. And let's give it a shot. Because I don't think you are going to turn Dan Quinn or Jim Caudwell all of a sudden into a Hall of Fame head coach. So because of that fact, I was excited. Yeah, it's one of those things, too. I I feel like if you wanted to be 10-7 and forever, Dan Quinn, Jim Caldwell, especially, will do that for you. But let's take a chance. Like a lot of these guys, like every everybody came from somewhere. Like Belichick was just a disciple of Bill Parcells. Like all these guys came from all these random organizations, and they come out and you know they're listen. A lot of them don't don't work out. That's the NFL. We could go through a whole list of coaches who didn't work out, but the guy who I kind of you know, if I'm looking for an analogy. It's similar to last season when, and it's from the same staff, Nick Sirianni was hired by the Indiana or by the Philadelphia Eagles. Excuse me. Yep. He didn't like, nobody knew who this guy was. His introductory press conference wasn't great, but you know what? I, I know it was the seventh seed, but they still made the playoffs this year. And I think that, Hey, I, I would take that next season. And, you know, I thought, and you know, I obviously a big thing that I do on my pages, you know, sports uh advising with in terms of uh wagering sports wagering but not getting into that but i felt like the eagles going into that wild card game yes i agree they made the playoffs in spite of having a quarterback who in my eyes jalen hurts um is not there yet will he ever Mm -hmm. get there i'm not sure i thought they would struggle mightily against tampa they did struggle mightily against tampa um, but I thought there were a lot of parallels actually between Sirianni's first year, Nagy's first year, and then kind of not, not the success obviously in the regular season, but the fact that they both made that last wild card seed, just like the bears last year made that last wild right. card seed. 
And then they kind of look just like the Bears looked last year. Like they yeah. really did not belong there. Um, but hats off, they made it, you know. And if you make it, look, look at the Bengals. Look at the Bengals. They made it. They had their shot. Now they're in the Super Bowl. And obviously they're set up a lot differently with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and the litany of weapons that they have over there. But they're there. They have a shot. And I agree. I mean, they took a shot on Sirianni. And to me, he looks like he's going to do well there. I'm just a little worried about the quarterback position moving forward for them. But we'll see how they address that. I like Jalen Hurts a little bit more than you, but I think you that's do. because I'm I'm in the fantasy world. So yes, of yes. course, fantasy wise, I, yeah, yeah, I love it. I know. I, listen, I'm biased. Well, that's uh, the yeah. same defense, the Kyler Murray defense. I mean, I think it's the same yeah. thing. Like Kyler Murray, if you're a fantasy guy, Kyler Murray is a dream quarterback for you. So good. He's so good. I know we could go down a rabbit hole with that, with Kyler Murray and everything and everything that's going on with Cliff Kingsbury. But we do have a ton of questions. This is this is the power of the bear down, cause. Everybody wants to talk to you. Me, probably not so much. You uh, come that's on not true, Adam, and draft Dr. Phil. Um, but let's talk with, uh, with, let's start here with Benjamin Dolan. What were your takeaways from the press conference? I, I got it. Okay. I want everybody to check out the Bear Down Cuz. His Instagram page is, if you don't follow it already, shame on you. You should be. <laughs> I know that you, the rant that you had the other day, the reels that you did, I loved it so much. I don't want you to recreate it again, but it is exactly the same thought that I had. But what was your takeaway from the press conference? So my takeaway from the press conference was, number one, I thought that they left me with a lot more of a clear vision of what they thought, especially Eberflus, left me with a very clear vision of what he expects from the players. And I said in the rant after they both got hired that Eberflus, to me, and now this was before the press conference, I had really never heard him speak other than, what Frank Reich had to say about him, what Jim Irsay had to say about him, what some of the players from Indianapolis had to say about him. But I thought coming off that little bit of information I had, it seemed to me like he's more of, I don't want to say a no-nonsense disciplinarian type of guy, but I do think he's a little bit more regimented and a little bit more structured and pays a little more attention to detail than Matt Nagy. And because of that, I said in my rant, that you could book it, you could screenshot it, you could do whatever you want with it, lock it up, put it in a time capsule. The Bears' penalties will get cut in half next season. That's what I said. Now, cut in half is a drastic thing to do, but I said it. One of the first points that Ibraflus hit on the press conference on Monday was penalties. He talked about yeah. being smart and eliminating the penalties because the Bears were one of the heaviest penalized teams uh, in the year. Eberflus said right off the bat, we should be top five in penalties. There's no reason not to be. And I think if you watch Bears games as a Bears fan, you saw how penalties, dumb penalties, killed them over the course of a season uh, because they just have a knack for getting these penalties in the worst, worst situations during a game. So yeah. I, I from, the, from the press conference, I took away the organization and the vision to me seemed very direct. A lot of people were knocking uh, Ryan Poles' emotion that he was displaying. I thought it came off as very genuine. Do Thank I you. think... Do I think at one point, yeah, it got it got very slow. And even I was like, like, wow, man, like he's really, really emotional. But I think, I mean, listen, I don't need him to be the press secretary of the Chicago Bears. I need him to manage the roster. I don't care how emotional the guy gets. I hope he's able to control that emotion when he's doing his job, which I think he will be. But he was put out there in front of everybody. He just became a GM for the first time in his life. He's got his kids there. He's got his wife there. And I think he's just genuflecting on the journey he's had. And I think people making fun of that, quite honestly, maybe 
perhaps have, have some internal issues that they can't address in terms. I, I liked it. I liked it. And then I thought he recovered well. I thought he answered the rest of the questions well. I loved the one answer he gave um, when he backed up the hiring of Eberflus. And he said, yeah, I, I looked around and I found him. And he pointed yeah. to him. I thought that was great backing up his guy. I, I liked the press conference. I did. I, a lot of people are bashing it. I see a lot of Bears media on Twitter uh, bashing it. I see Bears media uh, bashing it on TV, but I do see a little contingency also that are kind of being like, what, what, what are you guys talking about? I thought it was good. I think it's great. So I, I personally, I liked it. I liked it. That is me. If I can, in fairness, I think it, it's worth noting. Uh, number one, he was cut by the Chicago bears. Yep. So to come full circle, to be the general manager, that's number just that on its own. If you want to get emotional about that, you have every right to be. We also have to talk about, and nobody wants to. Nobody wants to talk about this. I think people are afraid to address this issue. He is a black general manager yep. of a charter franchise who, yep. for the longest time, did not have a a black quarterback, like a regular black quarterback. I know Cordell Stewart was here and Vince Evans and stuff like that, but we have a black franchise quarterback. We have a black general manager. Yep. That, again, is a very weighty issue. With everything that's coming out with Brian Flores right now, I think that now you should recognize the fact of why. Like, there's so much going on. The fact he should have been more emotional. I cry during the end of Independence Day when Randy Quaid drives up into the – spoiler alert, by the way – drives up into the alien ship, and this guy is making a, a, a monumental – yeah, Monu- it's a it's a monumental hire, and you know what? He's got so much control of this organization. He doesn't have anything to apologize. You listen, meatballs, and you know who you are. Back off. Give him, give him, and I just give him a week. Do what? That's the, what just I'm let saying. him. But I, I really am. Uh, gosh, I, I was I I could not believe that people would would take it in a bad way. Like I, I shouldn't be surprised because you know we we delve in social media enough, but goodness gracious, I thought he hit all the right notes. I love what he said about taking back the north, or you know, just oh, taking the tremendous, north. Tremendous. Well, that's a huge thing too because you know to get to the Super Bowl, you got to win the division, baby. And I, Correct. I love, I love where his head's at, Sammy. I'm sure we got more questions. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Mikey. No, I won't good. do that again. I won't do that again. Uh, what do you think about Joe Brady possibly being a quarterbacks coach and passing game coordinator for the Bears? He interviewed today on Tuesday. What do you think, Mikey? I think that it would be a great hire. I think a lot of people, if there's one hire that I think would be unanimous, everybody rallies around it or behind it, I should say. Joe Brady hire involved in this offense would be. I think Joe Brady got a raw deal coming out of Carolina. I think he was the scapegoat for Matt Rule. I'm not so certain that you could place all the blame on on uh, on, on Joe Brady. Um, the quarterback situation, I thought Darnold proved that really he's not the guy, I don't think. And Cam Newton, I think it was just a circus, and I think Brady was the scapegoat. So I think Brady coming here, I think, again, would be a pick uh, hire, I should say, that everybody would – I don't see anybody complaining about that hire. And maybe it's yeah. because he's a household name, because fan, casual fans love household names. You throw household names out, that's usually who they could get behind because they have the familiarity. Um, yeah. But I think that that hire – in all seriousness, um, apart from the OC hire that they just made from Green Bay, if he's on the staff, the offensive staff, I think it, I think it's a slam dunk hire. I would love to see that. I would love to see that. I will agree with you. I like that he's not the offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. There, there are legitimate football reasons why it didn't work out. 
in Carolina. I don't want to burn anybody because I get some secondhand information. One of the problems with Joe Brady, though, I don't even know if I can talk about this, but he doesn't. One of the knocks on him was that he doesn't self-scout. That if you notice in the first couple of weeks, again, for, for the Panthers, like Sam Darnold looked like yep. modern, like looked like Cam Newton. He didn't make adjustments, which is like if we know Matt, like it's a very Matt Nagy like mm. trait. But here's the thing: like as a quarterback coach, that's fine. Like that, that's what he did in New Orleans. It's fine. He can work with guys. He worked with Joe Burrow. So as a quarterback's coach, I would co-sign on Joe Brady. As long as he's not calling the plays, like that's me. No, you I, know, and, listen, and I'm the and I'm the positive guy. So I'm not trying to to be mad. Yeah, and I think they're definitely giving Getzey the uh Luke Getzey from Green Bay the autonomy to to be the sole play caller. I think that was part of the enticing package to get him here. I think that was part of the deal for him was that he was going to have complete, you know, driver's seat control of the offensive play calling. And that was another going back to the presser. I don't mean to go back to the presser. Another Please. great thing I loved about Eberflus was how when he was asked, uh, are you going to dabble in the defensive play calling? He said, no. I'm going to be a head coach. I'm the executive coach. I have to worry about the entire team, and it's just the antithesis of Nagy's approach. I love it. He's going to be overseeing and everything and letting his people. He's relying, He's going to rely on his people, and you know, as a manager, as a leader, I think that's very important. Rather than trying to burden everything on your own shoulders and, and narrowing your scope of vision, I think he's going to keep it broad, and I, I think that's a recipe for success. How is that not the takeaway? Like that's the yeah, that that was perfect because I don't know I don't know I don't know what these guys and I don't know what they want. What did they want? Did they want polls to not say he was gonna run? He was gonna take the north and not give it back? Did they want Eberflus to? I don't know what they wanted him to say. I don't know what he could have said. Probably nothing. He probably couldn't have said anything to not get critiqued up and down. So I don't know. I don't know. He's like I. He said the word why. We oh, hate him. Yeah. Terrible hire. Terrible hire. You meatballs. Listen, you guys, <laughs> you're wearing on me. Um, let's get another. Sammy, what do we got? I know that we got tons of questions. Uh, Ryan Samuelson, do you think the Bears continue to be run heavy with David Montgomery next season with an improved offensive line? What do you think the philosophy is going to be? Well, Number one, I'm excited to see what the offensive line looks like because now you have a general manager who's a former offensive lineman. And he even hinted at during the press conference that a concentration is going to be on the offensive line. He hinted at it. Uh, he did say that they were going to build through the draft specifically. Um, but I think you're going to see an emphasis on that offensive line this offseason, which thank God, thank God, because it was an absolute negligent thing. That And uh, listen, I don't bash Ryan Pace uh, often. I think a lot of he got a lot of bad heat in some areas, but I do think one area he was really negligent with was the offensive line. When you're calling Jason Peters off his fishing boat when he's 40 years old to come and play left tackle because your left tackle got hurt uh, pre, uh, you know, during minicamp and you don't have option B, and that's your answer. Um, David Montgomery, I think. Listen, I know Bears fans love David Montgomery. I like David Montgomery a lot. I think he's a tough, tough runner. Do I think David Montgomery is like a, a running back that you're going to throw a big contract extension? I, I really think they could use their money elsewhere smarter uh, because I do think you saw with uh, what Khalil Herbert did getting plugged yeah. in. I thought Khalil Herbert looked pretty good, uh, the rookie out of Virginia Tech, when he came in this year. 
I think they're going to have a balanced offensive approach. I don't think a guy like uh, like Eberflus is going to allow the offense to only be one-dimensional, bombing the ball down the field every play. Do I think that'll be a major component? Because I think he'll play to field strength. Absolutely. But they're not going to abandon the run, I wouldn't say, by any means. And if you're talking about are they going to remain run-heavy, when was Matt Nagy ever a consistent <laughs> run-heavy coach? We used to scream at this guy for his play calling on third and one, fourth and one with some of the play calls when he should have handed the ball to Montgomery. So hopefully I'm looking for smarter play calling, maybe not necessarily, you know, um, uh, an over dedication to one thing or the other. Who's going to get the jet sweep on fourth and one is the no. big one. No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. You know what though? It's it's interesting. Um, Khalil, Khalil Herbert pretty much ended any any notion that David Montgomery is going to get a second contract. I mean, it's just the reality of the NFL. I like David Montgomery too. Um, it'll be I'll root for him wherever he is. Listen, I'm just being practical on this. I love him. I really do. I'm a big fan. Khalil Herbert showed like he's capable. He's going that's the way the NFL works now. I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong. It's just the way that it works. But I think they're really going to have to run the football because to be effective throwing the ball deep is you want to set up play action. And if you make teams respect the run, then you'll be able to throw the ball deep. And remember this too, Ryan Poles was involved in rebuilding the Chiefs offensive line. Like the Chiefs lost that Super Bowl two years ago or last year because they couldn't block anybody. And they went out there, rebuilt the offensive line, made it all the way back to the AFC championship game for the fourth consecutive year. I expect the Bears to be in a very similar, in a very similar position. And if something happens where if, if Tev can't make it or something happened to Larry Borum or something like that, like they're going to actually have somebody on the roster that they can come in and uh, replace them with. So I, I'm excited to see the uh, the moves that they make there. Let's go, Sammy. Well, I'm sure we got more. Uh, Jared Dieter, with Paul saying he'll be calculated and disciplined in free agency, uh, what are some of the realistic names we could see him target? Do you have have you already taken a look at some of the uh, possible free agents? Uh, wide receivers in particular, really, is the only thing I'm looking at right now because I think that's where the Bears really, really, really need help. They need they need elite pass catchers. Um, yeah. Do I think they're going to get Devontae Adams? No, I, no. I don't think they can afford no him. Way. Um, he's going to get franchise tag. He's staying in green Bay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's certainly a, a strong possibility, I think too. Um, but if you look at a name like a Michael Gallup and I know he's obviously recovering from an injury. Um, if you look at even a DJ shark who is, you know, a deep threat kind of a guy, uh, Juju Smith Schuster. I don't know if I really want to get involved with Juju. Obviously, um, you know, Godwin is going to be a big question mark too. Again, with the torn ACL late in the season, he's going to be rehabbing. I, I think they would want somebody to come in. A name that intrigues me, Adam, is uh, Clemson Mike, Mike Williams out of, uh, yeah. out of, uh, uh, I always almost say San Diego out of the Los Angeles Chargers. Los Angeles Chargers. Um, that is an intriguing name. Big body receiver. I thought he showed out this year. Uh, I think that could be an interesting option for the Bears. And, uh, you know, not necessarily, I don't think they'd have to break the bank either to bring them in. Um, so I think they could go in a direction like that. I think everybody wants, and OBJ, where's OBJ going? Are The, the Rams yeah. want to keep them. I understand that. And I know they have a lot of money coming off the books this year with Goff and with uh, Gurley. All that money is finally coming off the books. So I think, though, that they have to make a decision. Are they going to pay Vaughn or OBJ? They're going to pay, pay both of them? I guess they could. Um, OBJ, I would almost say, is kind of a little more valuable to them right now. The way it looks, he looks like his old self. 
Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to OBJ. I know with OBJ comes a lot of baggage, a lot of drama, uh, but it certainly looks like he's put that behind him in LA. Maybe it's because he's very comfortable there. Um, but yeah, I think Bears fans want a big splash name at wide receiver. I don't know if they're going to get that, but I'm looking at wide receiver. Can they get somebody in the draft without a first round pick? It may be a little difficult. Um, but yeah, I don't now. think I don't think he's going to overspend in free agency, like you said. I mean, he made it clear he wants to build through the draft. And you know what? Every Bears fan always complained that they didn't build through the draft. And now this guy says he wants to build through the draft. And you know they're gonna they're gonna complain that he's not signing big name free agents. So it's really a yeah. lose lose situation for whoever is in control of this team. It seems like. Yeah, he's got he he's not gonna win one way or the other with that. I mean, not like on the field he will, but I think with the with the hearts and minds of Bears fans, because I think like you said, the biggest names free agent wise at the wide receiver position: Michael Gallup, Chris Godwin, both coming off injuries. And then there's a lot of guys. There's a lot like, okay, like these players could end up playing well. I think Mike Williams, ah, there's something about, I like him. Yeah. Uh, I think he would, you know, I, he would be great. Like I think him and Darnell Mooney, but they still need that alpha male. Yes. They still need that number one guy. I know they're talking, I know people talk about drafting David Bell, but with all the positions that they need, you know, on the offensive line, at wide receiver, I think we're probably going to have to trade off that spot and kind of try to attack it with multiple seconds and thirds and things like that. And maybe not, probably not staying at 39 and having to move down a little bit and then see, mm-hmm. let's see the way everything breaks out. I, but I like the approach. Me too. And it feels, and it feels like we have a concise approach. Like, okay, yeah, we'll be just, just smart and free agency. We don't, and it's probably, listen, let's be, there's, there's two sides of this. There is the, like, we could compete. For a playoff spot th- this next season, like I think it's realistic. I think with the Eagles, they kind of gave the the groundwork of that. The possibility of Aaron Rodgers not being in the NFC anymore, Tom Brady's not playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the New Orleans Saints don't have Sean Payton. The NFC is all of a sudden really wide open, wide open, wide open. And you know what? So why not? But then do you? But is it a real realistic Super Bowl team? So it's like it's a kind of a catch twenty two. Like I don't think that there's a a splash hire or a splash free agent that pushes the bears over the top to go to the Super Bowl. So why not save the money for yes. future years? Already start thinking about Justin Fields extension and things like that, uh, which we don't have to worry about for quite some time, but still like, uh, just, just keep that in mind and move forward. Be smart, draft some good players. I have a lot of faith in them to do so just by the, looking at the chiefs, the chiefs draft really well. I anticipate the bears doing the same thing. All right, Sammy, what do we got next? Uh, DJ Lux, can we figure out what they'll do with Tariq Cohen? I don't, I, I don't know. What, no. I don't even know if he's playing anymore. And that's another thing that I kind of liked about Iberflus and uh, and Pauls. And again, this was before they really have any intimate involvement in, in real like in-season operations. But I thought they were very transparent. And I always felt like Pace and Nagy were always, always like – very covert about a lot of things about the Tevin Jenkins injury. You never even heard about Tariq Cohen's progress really. So I have no idea where Tariq Cohen is at zero because I don't know anybody that does. I haven't heard hiding her hair of, uh, of Tariq Cohen's progress. I, I mean, that injury did not happen mid or late season. That injury, if correct me if I'm wrong, Adam, I think it was week three at Atlanta, yeah. the Nick Foles game when he came in and, and won that game for the bears. 
Um, so I don't, I don't know what's going on now. He did have a tragic event. He lost his brother. I understand that perhaps that yeah. really ate into a lot of his rehab and a lot of his recovery, which totally understandable. But in terms of where it is with him going forward, I would not be shocked if he was a post June one cut. I would not be shocked. It would not surprise me. They could save a little bit of cap money. I don't know where he's at. I have zero idea. Zero. Yeah, it's it's similar. I don't know if it's similar is the right word to, to put it out there. But like Calvin Ridley, you know, just he took some time off for mental health issues. And, you know, you're not going to get updates on that, which is understandable. They deserve their privacy. I think Cohen's the same way. You know, as you said, the losing your brother, like that's a pretty significant event. Yes. And we don't know. And, you know, the Bears were not telling. We don't know. And it would be, you know, kind of reckless for us to sit here and speculate on it. But on a pure football standpoint somebody who hasn't been on the field in close to two years it's hard to expect him to come back and make a significant contribution especially if he's you know carrying a pretty decent contract when you could probably go out there and you look at the stable of running backs they already have with uh i don't know if daryl williams is coming back as well but they got good running backs so i think that they that's kind of a luxury right now especially when you have to spend at some other positions let's uh let's let's see what, what do we got here oh Omar, okay, I figured we were going to get to this eventually. Omar, the soccer coach. Why did Harbaugh choose the Vikings over the Bears? Now, it's apparently Harbaugh is going to be the next, could be the next coach of the Minnesota Vikings as we're recording this. Uh, what do you think of this? Was Harbaugh somebody who was on your radar? And what do you make about him going to the Minnesota Vikings, possibly? Well, first and foremost, I have to say, there's going to be a little bit of implicit bias in this response because I am a, a, an Ohio State University, the Ohio State University <laughs> that's right, that's right. student. Okay, you see the ba- the banner in the background along with the Dick Buckus autograph, the Ohio State hats with the Bears hats. So for me, I am not a fan of Harbaugh. I don't like the guy. Um, I think his whole thing at Michigan, I thought some of his his antics and his recruiting was very bizarre. It was weird. That aside, I understand the success he had in San Francisco, what he did with Colin Kaepernick, the success he had bringing him to the NFC Championship. I totally get it. He's been removed from the league for quite some time now. So I don't know how easy his transition is to get back into the league. I don't know if it's a question of why did Harbaugh choose the Vikings over the Bears or why did the Bears choose somebody else over Jim Harbaugh? I don't know because... Again, it was muddy waters with, with did the Bears even interview Harbaugh? I heard there was rumors they spoke to Harbaugh. There was a phone conversation with Harbaugh. At what point did it reach? At what point? I just find it very interesting that Michigan literally let this guy operate for seven seasons. He really, I, yes, he won a lot of regular season games, but against his arch rivals, Michigan State, Ohio State, he did very poorly, very, very poorly. He didn't win. He won his first bowl game, hasn't won a bowl game since his first year. Um, and they kept giving him opportunities and giving him more money and doing this and doing that. The one year he makes the playoff and he's gone already, I, I just, it, the whole situation is just so weird with Jim Harbaugh. I don't know what he's going to turn out to be if, in fact, he does finalize with Minnesota, but I think it's more of, I don't. Th- I don't know if the Bears were ever truly going in that direction. I don't know. I certainly would think Harbaugh would have interest being a former quarterback for them. I'm sure. I'm sure he would have interest. I'm sure he would, and he was a very attractive name. And by the way, I am a Harbaugh fan. If I put on this helmet right here and pulled it down, you would swear I was Jim Harbaugh. We were. We were. We were. We were lookalikes when I played high school football. People were like, "You look like Harbaugh." Uh, the old Bears. No, you're you're better looking than Harbaugh. Oh, you're you're right, too kind. No, no, it's the truth. Forget him. But but here's the thing about Harbaugh is I liked everything that he did. I liked what he did at USD, Stanford, 
taking it yeah. to Pete Carroll. He went to San Francisco, took it to the Packers, took that team to the Super Bowl, lost to his brother, never translated to Michigan. I think, you know, you'll probably appreciate this. I don't think Michigan is the the school that everybody thinks they are anymore. Like, no, I don't know that anybody can win there. Like, Harbaugh was supposed to be the guy because it was always somebody else's fault. Like, Brady Hoke went there, didn't win. Now he goes back to San Diego State. That's a top 25 program. So you're like, Brady Hoke definitely knows how to coach football. And so I do believe that Harbaugh is a good coach. And I do understand his pedigree in the NFL. I was like, I would, I would, I, I think that Harbaugh deserves a chance in the NFL. If he wanted to come to the Bears with reasonable expectations, I would, I was a fan of that. I would be a fan of that. Especially, I, again, I'm biased because I like him, yeah. the way he handled the Packers. But here's the thing. I don't want him to have total control of the operation. That's a no-go for me. There's going to be a general manager who's putting the players out there. If that's not good enough for you, sorry, we'll move on. Number two, we're not doing 10 for 10. You're not you're not getting 10 mil a year for 10 years or whatever the John Gruden contract was because you have a lot in common with John Gruden. Like that that is that they strike such a similar chord of guys that wore out their welcomes everywhere that they went. Did have some success, and obviously Gruden won a Super Bowl where Harbaugh did not. But it was very similar to me. And I look at, and regardless of how everything ended, why it ended with John Gruden, that Raiders team never took that next step that you expected them to when Gruden was brought in. They're just kind of like, yeah, all right, they're there. And I think that it's because of guys like Derek Carr who's elevated them. So I, again, like, what is what is Harbaugh going to do? Like, if he goes to bit like, Here's the ultimate thing is that I'm not worried about him going to Minnesota. Like I I'm shocked that I'm not more concerned or butthurt about it. I feel very comfortable with the process that the bears went through. Me too. You know, I I think, you know, and, and this is another thing too, Mike is I know that Ryan pace gets, will get a lot of heat and people always remember him picking Mitch Trubisky and Kevin white and things like that. But I really think that Ryan Pace sort of died so Ryan Poles could grow. Because one of the things that Ryan Pace wanted to do was expand the front office, bring in extra people, bring in an analytics department. And the McCaskey family is like, ah, we don't need to do that. And credit to the McCaskies to realize like, oh, yeah, we we probably should do that. (laughs) Um, It's too late for Ryan Pace, and I'm sorry about that. But now we're, we're doing it. They're making the moves and moving forward, and I think that's a positive thing. So I think that going to Jim Harbaugh would have been such a 2015 thing for this Bears team to do. That's what I'm saying. Going with 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 Poles and Eberflus is 2022. Whether it works out or not, the process is correct, and I think that's all that we as Bears fans can ask for at this point. I I couldn't agree more. I think I think Harbaugh again. I one of the first things I said. I think he's he's far removed from this league. And and yes, he may come in and he may have some sustained success. Um, but again, I'm not overly concerned with Minnesota either because the same guy is still playing quarterback there, and I understand how well he does sometimes. But I just they're never a team where I'm like I I just it doesn't it doesn't scare me like you said. Yeah, HL Priest coming in and saying, my opinion, Jim Harbaugh or not, Minnesota will Minnesota. I agree. Will be Minnesota. That is, you know what, that is the thing because, like, 
as much as we lament like how much we get owned by the Packers and everything, and it's it, it is what it is. Like we own the the Lions and Vikings so hard too. Like that. Like why are you guys laughing? Like what are you talking? We own you. Like uh, why why are you in this conversation? Like it sucks for like why do you hate the Packers? You should hate us. You you guys can't get past us. And like when 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 polls came out and said, and I see this on the Instagram post that we put up, like he wants to control the North, and people are like, what do you mean last place? Well, I'm like, we don't. Regularly, we don't finish in last. No, that, this doesn't happen. And outside of this year, which was a disaster, um, even in a disaster season, still we're beating the Lions. Right. Uh, should have beaten, should have beaten the Vikings. Like, let's yeah. be honest. Um, we still handled your business. So do whatever you're going to do, Minnesota. Enough we're for nothing. Even- Minnesota's underachieving in my eyes. I mean, could you imagine if Justin Fields could have Dalvin Cook, uh, Adam Thielen, and Justin Jefferson in his disposal? I would love to have those guys. That would be fantastic to have a target like Justin Jefferson. That's the type of player, Adam. And I said it during the season, and people crucified me for it. I said the Bears do not have a true game-wrecking offensive player other than the quarterback with the what I think fields could be because you see some of the plays this guy's make this guy makes with his legs and his arm talent he's like a magician what some of the plays he can make but in terms of a, a game wrecking skill position player they do not have one I don't uh, Darnell Mooney again no disrespect to Darnell Mooney I think he's a good number two receiver they do not have a Jamar Chase they don't have a Travis Kelsey they don't have a, a Cooper Cup they don't have a Justin Jefferson they just don't have a guy like that. They don't, have, and you need guys like that to really reach the top. In my opinion, you saw all the four teams that played on Championship Sunday: George Kittle, Bears don't have a guy like that; Debo Samuel, Bears don't have a guy like that; Cooper Cup, OBJ, Jamar Chase, uh, uh, Tyreek Hill. The yeah. Bears don't have Rusty. a guy like that. They don't have a guy like that. They need at least one guy, at least one like that. It was Preferably amazing. Two. Absolutely. And the amazing part of the NFC Championship game, offensively, the two most important players were Debo Samuel and Cooper Cup. Like, it wasn't the quarterbacks. It obviously wasn't Jimmy Garoppolo. And in some respects, like, Matthew Stafford throws some nice passes here and there. But it was the wide receivers. And, again, that gives me optimism for the Bears of, like, this, again, with Tom Brady retiring, Brees gone last year, Aaron Rodgers possibly leaving the conference. Like, it is – it is so ripe for the picking because if all that happens, if all that shakes out, who's the best quarterback in the NFC? Probably Dak Prescott followed by, I mean, Stafford will still be there. Kyler. Okay. Russell, I guess Russell's still there, but it's like Russell, Russell might be on the move. Like we don't even know, like that, we can't even take that for a given that he's going to be in Seattle. So I think there's, Gosh, they could just get that wide receiver. Minnesota, just give us Justin Jefferson. They just hand them over. The young young elite quarterback talent is totally concentrated now in the AFC. Justin Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Mahomes, Josh Allen. I mean, it's all concentrated in the AFC. So you're you're 100% right. If Rodgers moves on, and let's say Rodgers, let's say Rodgers goes to Denver or Pittsburgh, which a lot of people are saying he may go there. I mean, that's even one less. So, I mean... If Rodgers leaves the NFC, I mean, and Dak Prescott is the worst guy you're going to run into, by my estimation, Dak Prescott really looked like he was having a tough time towards the end of the season. I don't know if he was hurt. I don't know what was going on, but it looked like he was having a rough time. All the elite quarterback play now is concentrating the AFC. Ripe for the pickings, what you said was was 100% accurate. Love it. All right. right, let's. What else do we got here, Sammy? 
Will the Bears bring back Vic Fangio since we parted ways with Desai? Uh, actually, no. We hired a defensive coordinator. We're bringing in a guy from the Colts, right? The uh, wasn't it the defensive backs coach, the safeties coach? I don't know if that hire. Coach. I don't know if that hire is finalized yet, but that's oh. the direction I heard. I I understand that they're leaning. So yeah, I don't think Fangio is an option. I don't think jumping the gun. Yeah, jumping the gun a little bit. Uh, also, I was gonna... Fangio's a three-four guy. Iberflus is going back to a four-three. So I don't really know how that would jive out either. Yeah, I was curious too. Um, I had said, you know, when this process started, I knew this, and I, I'm, we said it on this show early on. As I said, I don't think that, and obviously, it's not going to happen now because of the lawsuit. But I'm like, Brian Flores is not going to be a head coach this year. I said this weeks ago because the track record in the NFL for black head coaches is that you do not get another chance outside of Tony Dungy. No other like Raheem Morris. Fired. Now he's a defensive coordinator. He's getting interviewed. Um, Raheem Morris was one of them. Todd Bowles. Also, Todd Bowles was another one. Um, Vic uh, Vance Joseph's not getting another one. Tony Lynn's not going to get another job. Steve Wilkes had one year. Um, and I was like, Brian Flores might be a defensive coordinator someplace this season. Now, obviously, he's not going to be because there's a lawsuit going on. And I think he understands. He sees the writing on the wall. So he's He's taking out a bigger cause, you know, yeah. which is great. I support him 100%. And I, sh- well, I shouldn't say that as well. No, I support him 100%. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say as an employee, but it's like, listen, like, it is what it is. Up, yeah. it plays up. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I think that, you know, there's just, I just knew this was going to happen to him. And so when you look at the defensive coordinators who are available, I know Vic Fangio gets thrown around. It would be great, but I do agree with you. They're going to go four three. They're probably going to bring in some of the Colts guys. That's the way that they, that's the way that the Bears are set up. Like we're not we're not bringing in the comfortable names. And I know it's kind of like being on a road trip and you're driving across country and you don't know where to eat and you see a Taco Bell and it might not be your first option, but you're familiar with it. You know what you're getting. That's why people are always gravitating towards guys like Fangio. Why they're gravitating towards guys like Harbaugh. Like, you know him. Like, yeah, 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 I know Harbaugh. They think think Fangio's comes back. It'll be like 2018 all over again where the defense will be getting, you know, defensive touchdowns every other game. And that's just not a realistic expectation. And like you said, uh, this guy's going to bring his guys over from his defensive staff. He's a defensive-minded coach to begin with. I'm not overly concerned with the defense. They need an overhaul uh, in the secondary, in my opinion. But as long as they bring in the pieces on the offensive coaching staff, and I think that's why I really would like to see the Brady hire come to fruition with quarterbacks coach, like you said, Adam, as long as he doesn't have autonomy to run to do the play calling. Again, I don't think he will. But the Luke Getze hire, the Bears are hiring these guys from from winning organizations. Getze with the Packers, Poles with the Chiefs. Eberflus with the Colts and uh, his track record turning a 30th ranked overall defense into a top 10 unit for consecutive years. Uh, I, I I have no qualms with with what they've done. You said before the process was very good. You like the process. I think it's been a sound process. I really do. I think they they opened the umbrella up. They took their time as much time as they could take. Then the names start coming off the board a little bit with New York kind of striking first there. Yeah. Um. I I I have no qualms about their approach so far. And I think again, like you just said, the Fangio hires kind of like it's almost like a nostalgia thing. Like they yeah. the Bears fans want to go back. It's just we got to move on. You know, we got to get a new show. It's like your favorite show ends and you keep watching it. You keep watching it. You got to eventually try and watch a new show. Yeah. Like when friends ended and they tried to do Joey, like, no, nah, <laughs> you probably just, 
close <laughs> close the door on it. We don't we don't need that. It's it's fun. Uh, what do we got, Sammy? We got some more questions because we'll we'll sit here and talk. Like I don't don't worry about us. Uh, but C pair per C per. I don't know. I always I always get concerned that it's going to be something dirty when I say that. But it's not. yeah. Okay. You got to go uh, slow on those. Yeah. Got to be close. Like yeah. my daughter does this thing now where she came up to me. She's sick. She's like, Dad, spell I cup. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I C U P. And she's like, ew, gross. And I'm like, oh, she I'm got you good. She got, got me roasted. Love uh, that. Love that. With, 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 I'm a, I'm, we're a mature family here. Uh, with, oh, I love with, that. So, with, with, and then she does it with all her school friends. It's amazing. That's it. That's um, it. Uh, with Ryan Pohl saying that he wants to have as many draft picks as possible, do you think that we'll trade into the first round? Uh, who are some of the players you could see us taking? What do you think about that? I don't think he's going to have. I, I don't think he could trade into the first round with the amount. We only have five picks. Yeah. So I can't see him trading away equity that we have. I mean, what are we going to have then? Three picks? And, you know, talking about player trades for picks, again, going to be hard to unload. Uh, I mean, I think the only people that you'd be thinking in a trade scenario would be either Robert Quinn or Khalil Mack at this point. Yeah. And I just don't know if anyone's going to offload Khalil Mack's contract when the guy got hurt this year. Unfortunately, he's on the wrong side of 30. I still think he's an incredible player. I think in the 4-3, now Robert Quinn is a natural 4-3 defensive end. He's not an outside linebacker the way he was molded into, and he still set the Bears' single-season franchise record for sacks this year. I think moving Quinn back to a 4-3, I think if he stays healthy, he could have an even – I know it's hard to believe, but he could have an even better season, especially if Mack stays healthy for the entire season. So their contracts, they're the two highest cap hits next year, Mack and Quinn. I just can't see them offloading them. I don't know who's going to do that. I don't know who'd be willing to do that. And certainly, I don't think for a first-round pick. I mean, a second-round pick maybe, but I don't think for a first. I think, Adam, what you said before I could see is the more uh, plausible situation, them going back from 39 to try and acquire another, another second or another third or a second and a fourth or a second and a fifth, something like that, where they're going to build up more picks, not going up higher to get picks because I, I just don't see how they could manage that. Yeah. I don't think that's realistic. And really this isn't a draft that I see a must need to trade up for anybody. And it's probably to our benefit to move back down, acquire more picks, build depth that way. Like we might not find a superstar, but if we find pretty good players, and that was one of the things that Ryan Pace has done really well. And, of course, Ryan Pulse has done this with the Kansas City Chiefs, is finding guys in the second, third, fourth, and fifth round. And if we build that, we, if we find Thomas Grahams and Darnell Mooney's, you know, later in the draft, that'll be fine. Like, what? Do, 100%, let's do more of that. We don't – maybe we don't get a superstar this season. That's fine. We'll deal with what we have. We'll build up the depth. I think the depth, like Larry Borum, like that was a guy – that's point. not a first-round pick. Tevin Great Jenkins point. didn't go in the first round. Like – we're okay. Like we've, we've done a nice job. I thought that Ryan Pace did a really nice job with the draft. I anticipate a very similar type class this season. And so I'm comfortable uh, moving down or just not even moving into the first round. I will say too, with Khalil Mack and uh, Bobby Quinn, their value is not going to be on draft night. Like nobody, as you said, is going to move a first round pick or anything for them. What we need to hope. And it, like, this isn't even a hope. But where you would be able to move them is if we got in the next season, it's it's obvious the Bears are not competing for a playoff spot. There's a team like the Rams who are being like, let's just start throwing around picks. Let's just start acquiring guys who are going to come in and help get us to a Super Bowl. I really hope that the Rams kind of showed everybody like, 
maybe this is how you build a team. Like maybe don't worry about picks so much and where the Bears can actually make a little bit of a move. But then it's, again, a catch-22. But I don't think that any of those guys move before the draft. I think if they ever do move, it'll be during the season for one of those teams trying to make a deep run. All right, Sammy, what do we got? We love everybody. By the way, thank you so much, everybody, for uh, bringing in your questions. We really appreciate this. Guy's been great so far. Uh, James, James, would you – oh, stop it. Would you trade Justin Fields – okay, I, I think this is a philosophical question. But would you trade Justin Fields to the Giants for their first – for their two first-round picks this year, which would include the one that we should have, but we traded for Justin Fields? So you'd get, what, the fifth and the seventh overall pick, I think, is where the Giants are picking, five and seven. Um, so you're going to trade away who the, the only guy on offense that looked like he was – he was he was a superstar in the in the process in the making potential game wrecker offensive player leader of men uh, should have won a game against San Francisco should have won a game against Pittsburgh if not for late defensive uh, Baltimore uh, you know, Baltimore if not for late defensive lapses would have won all those games so you want to give him up for two first round picks in in one of the worst quarterback drafts in recent memory where the best quarterback that's going to come off the board is either going to be Kenny Pickett from Pitt or um, the, the, the uh, Matt Corral from, from uh, Ole Miss are the two top quarterbacks. Absolutely not. This team is going to be built around Justin Fields. The fact that Justin Fields was asked to be at that press conference to speak uh, yesterday, Monday, I think speaks volumes because you heard from the new head coach, you heard from the GM, you heard from George McCaskey, you heard from Justin Fields. I thought that move alone, if there was any doubt, any questions about anything involving Justin Fields, I think that put everything to rest yesterday. Absolutely would never, ever trade Justin Fields for the Giants' two first-round draft picks this year. I would not. We just finally got a quarterback. Why Why are we so hyper? It's just so insane. It's just get so him. insane. So I, 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 hope, I hope he really like was just – maybe he was a Giants I, fan. Maybe he's I, a Giants fan. Maybe. I think James was just putting a philosophical question out there. Like, and, like even, even during the, the hiring process, when they were talking about, like, Justin Fields could possibly be on the move. It's like, are you kidding me? Why are we doing this to ourselves? Do you want to go another 30 years trying to find a quarterback? I went back and looked at my Instagram page from last year leading up to the draft. Just like the, I I wish this guy could fall to us. Like I, the night before the draft, yeah, I put up a post about like this is the last night that I get to pretend that Justin Fields could slide in the draft and we draft him. Um, there's no way I would give him up. No, yeah, there's just no way. So James, philosophically, no. <laughs> Actually, <Realistically>, no. <laughs> Hell no. Hell no. No. Not doing that. And I, and I don't, you know, I'll be honest. Let me ask you this question. Um, Cause I've seen this. Somebody was like, would you trade Justin Fields for Russell Wilson? And here, I'm not saying that Justin Fields is better than Russell Wilson or anything like that, but it's like, I don't think the bears are close enough to really make Russell Wilson work. Whereas you can build around Justin Fields and probably have a better long-term value with him. Am I, am I mistaken? No, I don't think so. Um, I think Russell obviously had his struggles this year, well-documented, and look who he's throwing the ball to. Again, two guys that the Bears do not have any one of DK Metcalf's caliber in terms of game-breaking ability, uh, Tyler Lockett's ability. They don't have that. 
I know Seattle struggles in the run game. I know they struggle in play calling. I know a lot of people are on Pete Carroll for play calling. Uh, their running backs were, were oft injured this year. The, the offensive line well documented that they have trouble blocking, but so do the Bears. So what is Russell Wilson? I think you hit the nail on the head. What is Russell Wilson going to do here um, that's going to catapult the Bears all of a sudden into a Super Bowl? Can they, I understand he's been a very success, successful quarterback. I understand he's been to two Super Bowls and won one. I, I get it. I get it. But he won one with one of the best defenses of the last decade, two decades in the Legion yeah. of Boom. And the other one, uh, when they put the ball in his hands instead of beast mode, he, he threw a game-ending interception. And I'm not saying that's his fault. I'm not um, – the play call was horrible. We know all this. But let's not turn Russell Wilson into the Deshaun Watson. And now, we're obviously, we oh, can't even gosh. talk about Deshaun Watson because it's still the legal issues of God knows what even going on with him. But I w- if, if I'm going to trade just – I want a young guy who has, you know, another – 10 years ahead of him. That's what Justin Fields is only uh, 23 years old, I think. He's 22. 22. He's 22. 22 years old. I mean, that's crazy. That's crazy talk. It's crazy talk. That. And by the way, for everybody who says that Ohio State quarterbacks can't win, um, uh, Joe Burrow went to Ohio State. Just, yeah. just pointed that out. By the way, here's my thing, too. Anytime anybody points it out, you know how many quarterbacks – have been drafted in the first round out of Ohio State since what is it 1982? Uh, let me think about who played, and I would say that there could only have been one. Would be my yeah. guess. Would be Justin Fields. I would say Troy Smith was not. JT Barrett no. was not. Cardell Jones was not. Uh, Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins is the guy. Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins. He was the only one. And so when they point to all those guys who did not work out from Ohio State. I'm like, you have to go all the way back to Arch Schleister to find a first-round quarterback from Dwayne Haskins to Arch Schleister. Ohio State was not – like, they had as many first-round picks during those years as Texas Tech. So when you find a unicorn who comes out of that school – and listen, Ohio State's been very successful over there, blue blood. They control the Big Ten. Um, but they just don't turn out NFL quarterbacks, which is fine because they go out there and they just win college football games, which – is kind of cool in and of itself. Michigan can't do that, but Minnesota, <laughs> Minnesota wants to hire their coach. Um, let's squeeze in a couple more questions because uh, I don't want to keep you too long. Uh, what position do you think Carlos Gonzalez is asking? What position do you think we need to improve the most? I know you touched on the wide receiver position. Do you think that's the number one spot? I think the groups that need the most improvement is offensive line, wide receiver, and the secondary. The secondary, the secondary for this team is so so bad outside outside of Jalen Johnson who's who's a good corner uh Eddie Jackson another really I was he he had a couple games where he played well but overall I'm still you know he was paid to be the highest he's paid as the highest safety in football at the time when he got his uh his money and he simply has not looked like his uh first two years in the league at all at all uh he needs to step up I'm sure he knows he needs to step up he's caught a lot of heat He's caught yeah. a lot of heat, and I've given a lot of heat, deservedly so. The tackling effort, I think the effort, and that's what I think this coach is going to turn around the effort. I don't think he's going to he's going to deal with that. I don't think he'll put up with that. That's exactly what this team needs. But yeah, wide receiver, we already touched on 
Secondary, I mean, their corners are just, they, they, they need major help at corner. And then offensive line, Adam, we, we know we have the tackles. We think we have the tackles. Uh, I know Olin is a big proponent of them going after a big-name left tackle, possibly in free agency, if they could nail down another tackle and then move Jenkins. He actually wants to slide Jenkins inside to guard and Ooh. Baram, and Baram uh, to play the right tackle or Jenkins to play the right tackle, slide Baram into guard and just have that extra piece there um, in case the inevitable happens when someone gets hurt. So that's that's the approach Olin wants to take. So those three positional groups, to me, are, are the biggest of need. It's not just one position with this team, which is what you touched on before. This is not a team where you can make one splash acquisition and say, oh, this team's ready to compete for the NFC title next year. They're not. They're not there yet. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that we need to uh, look at the uh, offensive line. What about, uh, can we do one more? By the way, am I the only one hearing the Chick-fil-A commercial? Or is that coming through? No, I haven't heard that. Okay. Uh, what would you give up? Uh, what would you give up for uh, Calvin Ridley? I don't know. What do they have to give up? A player? They'd yeah. have to give up a player. I mean, they don't have draft picks to give up. Um, were you going to give up a future first for Calvin Ridley? I don't know if I would do that. I don't think I would do that. Would you? Never. No, 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 no. Not with the concerns, but you know what? Like if it's a, a incentive based deal and somebody like, I, I honestly think that people, I don't know, it's the internet and they're like, ah, how many first do we have? I'm like, listen, Atlanta probably doesn't want him. Like he probably just needs to move on. They need, they need, he, he might not even want to play football again. So who knows? Um, so I don't know. Listen, it's, if it's a low risk pick, I'm into it. If not, you know what? Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, what about one more, Sammy? Let's do one more. If we got one more, if not, we can know. Oh, well, look at Red Hot Duck. Red Hat Duck <laughs> wants to know. Bears record next year above 500, below 500. Now, I am the eternal optimist. I went on uh, with uh, our friend here, Mikey Bear Down Cuz, who I hope you're following on Instagram. We went on before the season. Adam was a little bit more optimistic. Mikey was very much more on the nose with his picks. But I will say this. Uh, I, I will say regardless of Aaron Rodgers returning or not, I think that this team will be close to eight wins next year. I think the talent is there. I think that uh, I think the effort will make a huge difference. How many times you watched Bears games and you just knew something stupid was going to happen, like what happened in Pittsburgh, which was on Colette, like let's be honest, or whoever the referee was. Just like the retaliatory things, just dumb, like when Anthony Miller would do, like how does this just happen? Javon Williams, Anthony Miller. Javon Williams, like all these guys, that stuff's eliminated. And I think that this is a team that even if they're not supremely talented, that they're just a thorn in people's sides and they don't beat themselves. And that ends up translating in the NFL. Like when you look at these teams, like how is this team winning games? Like New Orleans did a lot of it this year too, where you're like, they just didn't beat themselves. And I think the Bears could be some team that hovers off. I'm saying eight wins, that's under 500. Um, I don't want to be super bold. But I'm always the Super Bowl. I'm going to go nine. Fine, nine, nine. Bear down, cuss. What do you got? So nine and eight, you're saying. Yeah. Nine and eight. Uh, I'm listen. A, I'm I, a lunatic. I, I think that 
I'll give you the scenario. If they hit everything perfectly, free agency, the draft, if they nail both those things, I think they could, the ceiling, the ceiling, the absolute highest ceiling, I think, is nine games. I think they could go over 500, but everything has to go their way in free agency and the draft. Uh, they have to make. Uh, they have to remain relatively healthy. The quarterback position, especially, he has to stay healthy. Um, if that happens, I think the ceiling could be one game over five hundred. One game okay. over five hundred. That's fine. Uh, I, think, I, I don't I think have a ceiling. I don't have as pessimistic an outlook as I did um, this season going in this past season. But I think a, a big part of that is obviously the excitement around the new coach and the new GM and the fact that we know it's fields of show. Now there's no more nonsense about who the quarterback's going to be going into mini camp, going into uh training camp preseason. None of that, all that charade is, is thank God that's done because that was an absolute ridiculous waste of time. Me and Alex talk about it all the time. Alex Brown, who you'll have on next week. We talked about that all the time it was there's no way you could stand in a locker room with these men and tell them that this guy is the starter and that's it. That's the bottom line. Before you even know what this kid's going to look like, the players want the best player who gives them the best chance to win the football game on the field. And if you're going to tell me after watching Andy Dalton and Justin Fields, and yes, I know Fields turned the ball over some uh, this year. You're going to tell me that the the guy that gave them the best chance to win the football game was Andy Dalton. I, I, I'd have to disagree every single day. Absolutely ridiculous the way that played out. And hopefully, well, obviously, that won't be an issue this season. Well, Mike, I want to thank you uh, so much for, for stopping by. I really do appreciate it. Again, I want to say this as well for everybody who is here. I'm, I'm sure everybody is here because of your promotion, and they're here to see you. Um, but if you're not following the Bear Down Cuz, he's like family. Uh, we've Listen, we started these, these Q&As off with two bangers. I love Draft Dr. Phil. I don't know if you know Phil. We need to get you guys together if not. But my two go-tos all the time, if I need it, if I want to catch up on the Bears, it's always the Tape Never Lies Network. And, of course, it's always Bear Down Cuz that you can find on Instagram. He's killing it. He's getting close to 50,000 followers. We need to push him over that mark during the offseason. So please go follow him there. And is there anything else? What else can I plug for you? What else do you need me to do? Got merch? Got it? Whatever uh-huh. it is. <laughs> No, no plugs necessary. I appreciate you for having me on. Uh, I think, uh, I well, I certainly know that I enjoyed it. I always love talking to you, and thank you for always pumping up the brand. Thank you for always looking out, uh, coming on to my shows almost every time I ask. It's it's The people love it. They love to talk fantasy. They love to talk Adam Rank. They see Adam on TV. He's a cool guy. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people think Adam's a cool guy. He runs these cool segments on uh, on his shows on NFL Network that people really enjoy. You know, the the whole bra thing. I think is, you yeah, know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm I'm a big fan of that. Um, oh, but no, I I appreciate it, Adam. Um, and you know, I think uh, this season coming up will be a good one for everybody involved, uh, including yourself, including myself, and I think uh, good things to come in the future, my friend. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. So thank you so much for joining us. I owe you one. So we'll do the home and home. I'll appear on your show. And then eventually at some point down the road, you'll be back with us. Uh, so really want to thank you for doing that. Make sure you're following the Bear Down Cuz on Instagram. So Mikey, there he goes. Thank you so much. Uh, we will see you next time. And that is going to do it for the Take It to the Rank on a Tuesday night. Thanks, everybody, for being here. By the way, I know a couple of you have asked about the sweatshirt. Rootsoffight.com. You can go fight. Find this. They got a lot of cool Walter Payton uh, merchandise. 
That's what we got Thursday. We're going to be having the Grassy Posse. Yes, Tom Grassy is going to be on to talk about the Packers, the future, and of course, Luke Getzey. What's that going to mean for the Chicago Bears? So check that out on Thursday, the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank, and for me, for the Bear Down Cuz, for Sammy, and everybody here at the Sick Broadcasting Network. We'll see you soon. Play the outro, Sammy. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.